2: made it to Friday. Welcome in to the Friday edition of our program. Sectional football begins tonight. IU Rutgers over the weekend, and we are basically one week away, a week and a day away from the official start of the IU basketball season with an exhibition game a week from tomorrow against Marion at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. Welcome into the show. Great time of year. Hopefully you've been with us all week long. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers, and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. The Thornton's text line is open. If you've got a question on the Hoosiers, basketball or football, local sports, you can send it in 502-414-1450 is the number. Again, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And the Thornton's text line is a great way for you to communicate with me during the show. To ask questions, uh, send in your text now at 502-414-1450. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Bake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we've got headlines and news of the day. More on an IU-Kentucky series coming up a few seasons down the line. Coach Calipari has been a great friend to fans of both teams this week because His comments at SEC Media Days confirmed that the series is for sure going to happen, and his comments recently, actually yesterday, at a U.K. basketball alumni-type banquet uh, basically gave even more insight into the upcoming return of the rivalry series. Uh, that's going to happen here in the 25-26 season. We'll discuss that. A lot of other things today here in segment number one. Also, later in the show, here on Fridays, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, joins and we'll talk IU basketball and football with him. He'll be out at a high school football game tonight, I'm sure, so we'll probably touch base with that. And Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll talk high school football as the state tournament officially begins tonight across the Hoosier State. We'll talk some recruiting with him and more with Kyle Dedrip a little bit later in the program today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Let's get into our headlines for today. Here on October 21st, it is hard to believe we are about a month away from Thanksgiving. We are just nine days or so away from November, and uh, basketball season is going to be here. Really, it's here now, but it's definitely and officially going to be here before you know it coming up very soon. Top story today, again, it's the Indiana-Kentucky Men's Basketball Series, and it's still seasons away, but everybody is excited And yesterday, after John Calipari told us earlier in the week that the uh, schools had agreed in principle to resume this rivalry, yesterday he said that the program will play four times at a UK Alumni Association basketball kickoff luncheon. He said, quote, it's what our fans deserve, and to be honest, it's who our team wants to play. And uh, Kyle, we all agree with you, it's a great series. It's a shame it's been on pause As long as it has neutral sites, campus sites, hopefully a combination of both. Uh, No matter what, it needs to be played. And I think everybody kind of rejoicing that this game is going to return. It's just difficult to think that it's, what, two full seasons away. I mean, 25-26, it's still definitely down the road in the future. But uh, it's a a needed return to our basketball scene locally. And it's one of the top headlines anytime Indiana and Kentucky in in basketball is mentioned in the same sentence. I think it's a wonderful thing, and so it's going to get a lot of attention, even though it's still uh, a bit down the way as far as uh, when the actual games will take place. Also, more good news for IU basketball. I know everybody's kind of hanging on to every news tidbit and ranking out there about the Big Ten and college hoops, and this team is getting a lot of praise. Uh, yesterday, Trey Dimps who is a former Northwestern basketball player, he also is a Big Ten Network analyst, he recently attended an IU basketball practice in Bloomington, and he had some interesting comments. It wasn't Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen hood shafino and the starting lineup that we presume, at least, was Xavier Johnson and Miller Kopp and Race Thompson joining those other two. That really wasn't what drove his comments. His comments were how competitive the second team was in practice. And he said on the video I saw on his Twitter account, I love the inter-squad competition that this team has. This team essentially has two starting fives. I think if you look the guy, the five guys that came off the bench and inserted them in the starting lineup, you'd probably get a similar result. When you think about Trey Galloway, Tamar Bates, Jordan Geronimo, these are Big Ten starters that will probably come off the bench. So that's a good take and something that, to be honest with you, I'm so focused on Trace and Race, and now Jalen hood Shafino and Xavier Johnson, and can Miller-Copp be the key shooter that can help Indiana this year, that some of these other guys get lost in the shuffle a little bit, and so to step back from things and think about what a second five would look like, Indiana right now with some talent in that second five, and so I think that's an interesting point to discuss and think about with the season almost here, and we'll do that a little bit later in the program with Dylan Wallace when he joins us today. Also, good news again today, for or yesterday, I should say, for Indiana's Trace Jackson Davis, another big national honor. He was named preseason All-America second team by CBS Sports. He's also been named a preseason All-American by Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, College Hoops Today, and the Almanac, and he's been all named a Big Ten preseason player of the year as well. So uh, Trace joining a, a very talented group of players. The first team, Drew Timmy from Gonzaga, Oscar Schwebe from Kentucky, Armando Baycott from North Carolina, Marcus Sasser from Houston, Jamie Jacquez of UCLA. The second team with Trace has a little Big Ten flavor because Trace and Hunter Dickinson of Madison are second team All-Americans, according to CBS. Kendrick Davis from Memphis, Caleb Love of North Carolina, and Nick Smith of Arkansas round out the second team. On the third team, Zach Eady of Purdue, the only Big Ten player. So uh, good news for Trace, not unexpected. Um, I think we all believe that he's going to continue what he's done for Indiana to date and probably even take that up a notch. And do we see him step out on the floor a little bit more and shoot from the wing? Or do we does he shoot an occasional three-pointer this season? Those are things I think we're all excited to see with the season uh, almost here. Also, um, a couple other notes to mention Indiana football hoping that DJ Matthews can return to early season form. He's had a hamstring injury for nearly a month now. Tom Allen saying that uh, he's hopeful that Matthews can return on Saturday and maybe be close to early season form. That would be a big boost for Indiana. I think that alone makes them much more competitive in a game they need to win uh, coming up in New Jersey on Saturday. Also, a lot of high school baseball stuff recently. We told you yesterday that... Trey Watson, former Providence player, has been named Providence interim head baseball coach. And last month, Shane Stock was named Jeffersonville baseball coach. Over the summer, the New Albany job also came open. Tim Redford was named to that position. So there's been a lot of movement as far as coaches go in high school baseball, but also a number of college commitments, even at the Division I level, to catch you up on. And Josh Cook of the News and Tribune, who joins us on Fridays, He had a great piece in the paper today that really summarizes things. But Caden White, a junior pitcher and infielder for the Red Devils, he recently committed to the University of Memphis. So White will be a key for Jeff this season. He now has made his college decision. And Providence senior Grant Borden, his brother Timmy Borden, playing, of course, in the minor league system for the Houston Astros, He recently made his college commit. He's going to play at Mercer University, uh, so a big uh, decision from him. And then an Indiana commitment, Floyd Central sophomore Blaine Metz. He's a pitcher and an infielder for the Highlanders. He is verbally committed to Indiana University. Uh, As a young player, second Highlander to commit to the Indiana baseball program in recent seasons coming uh, off of Evan Goforth, who uh, had a good freshman year in Bloomington last season. He'll be a sophomore for the Hoosiers this year. One other Division I commitment, Silver Creek senior Jace Burton back in August made his decision. He's going to play baseball at Indiana State University. So good stuff for local baseball. Some new coaches entering the fray. Some of those guys come in with a lot of experience. I think all are very competent individuals that will add to the uh, standard of high school baseball here in this area, and then a number of commitments, including some Division I commitments. Uh, I know we're still trying to get into basketball in the winter, but uh, high school baseball will be here in the spring, and we should be set for another really good year here in our immediate area in Clark and Floyd counties. This has nothing to do with Indiana, but Louisville will host its preseason Uh, their Hoosier hysteria tonight. It's called Louisville Live, and it will be at Slugger Field. And I bring this up because as a guy that likes basketball and events, I'll be paying attention to see how that one's set up. They've done it at Fourth Street Live in recent years. I believe last year, Louisville Live was at Churchill Downs, which was another, I thought, neat feel to this preseason opportunity for the Louisville men's and women's programs. And Slugger Field kind of takes it to another venue in Louisville. So neat, interesting, uh, creative, different, probably doesn't have near the tradition and maybe even the fanfare that Hoosier Hysteria has year in and year out, especially for fans and recruits. But this is something hip and modern, and I think it's worth paying attention to. So Louisville Live with Kenny Payne tonight at Slugger Field uh, in downtown Louisville. That'll be, I'm sure, a neat setting. And Uh, Hopefully some decent weather for those that plan to make it out. Looks like the temperatures are warming up just a bit today. That's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break, and when we come back, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, he will join me as we talk IU basketball and football. We'll get you all set for the weekend. And still ahead, Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star as well. The Thornton's text line is open, 502 414 1450. Again, 502 414 1450. We'll be back after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: You're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I Join Matt Daily at 11 a.m. and for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison.
2: All right, we are back here on our Friday. My main man, Dylan Wallace. Sports editor of the Seymour Tribune is with me in this segment each week, and we talk IU basketball, football, and who knows what else this time of year with so much going on. Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Dylan, I tell you what, Coach Cow down at UK He's really given fans on both sides a lot of good info this week, confirming earlier in the week at SEC Media Days, Indiana and Kentucky, the rivalry series was officially coming back. And then yesterday at a banquet, a basketball tip-off banquet, uh, confirming it would be a four-game series between the two teams. So uh, we know that Indiana and Kentucky is set. We now know more details, not all, thanks to Coach Cal. Unfortunately, it's not this season or next season. It's on down the line a bit.
3: Yeah, that's the only bad thing about it is it's still kind of a little bit of ways away. Um, but, but still, it's great that we know it's for sure back on the schedule. Um, you know, it's been something that a lot of fans have wanted to see back. And when Woodson took the job back, you know, people have asked him about it. He's always said, you know, hey, Cal and I have a good relationship. Um, we'd like to see if we can figure something out. So, so you kind of knew, you know, if, if they can get something done, they might be able to. And then obviously the, the last few weeks here, uh, the rumors have kind of picked up everyone's kind of been expecting something to be announced um, I think you know it was last week when when Rothstein kind of reported that you know it seems like it's either discussing a deal to happen and then you know earlier this week like you said Cal Cal makes it official uh, you know that first game coming in 25 26 um, you know it's gonna be really excited apparently you know as, as he said it's still kind of all at the administrative level right now the ads are, are talking it out trying to figure out you know the venues, home and home neutral sites you know what what they're gonna do for those four games um, you know I would I would hope you know you, you do get at least one game in assembly one game in Rup and then maybe the other two are you know gamebridge field house and, and somewhere in Kentucky you know something like that um, but you know we'll figure it all out soon enough but it's great for for both the programs um, it's great for college basketball in general uh, it's gonna do great when on TV for ratings wise when, when that game comes back on so uh, it's really exciting, and it also just show, goes to show that um, Indiana is really trying to to get back to having these tough non-conference games. They want to get back to having these big games, uh, kind of before conference play starts. We've seen it this year; we're going to see it in the years to come. So, really exciting time just for, for both fan bases. Um, but yeah, the only the only disappointing thing is we got to wait a couple years for it. But hopefully, you know, we know Kentucky's probably still going to be good, and hopefully, Indiana is in about what year year two and three of being a really good program as well. So. Exciting news all around, and uh, I'm I'm happy we we finally kind of got got a deal done for it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. If you're an IU fan, I think Indiana-Kentucky's got to be the dream game. It's got to be the game you want to see on the schedule every year. Is Louisville next, or who would be another big non-conference game that would have a rivalry feel, maybe a geographic feel, outside of the conference fans would want or yearn for?
3: Yeah, I would say Louisville's a pretty pretty good one up there. Um, you know, they I've been to a couple Indiana Louisville games. You know, they had they had a couple of uh, they, they had a couple games uh, back in you know in, early in Archie Miller's tenure. You know, they played uh, in Louisville. They played at Assembly Hall. Um, I was at a game uh, I think Crean's last year. In uh, it was it wasn't GameBridge, but you know it's where the Pacers play at the time. Um, and it was uh, like a New Year's classic. It was on New Year's Eve. So you know they, they've had games recently, and I think fans always kind of love that. Um, any 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 game with Louisville or Kentucky is always does really well because you know they're just across you know the border here, and then you know it, you know it's really it's really nice for that. Um, I don't know if there's any other ones geographically. I mean, obviously, I think you know for the historical side of things, Indiana UCLA would probably do pretty well, but we're obviously probably going to get more of that when uh, you know they join the Big Ten. We're going to get some more matchups like that. So. You know they don't have to do much work to get those going. That'll just be a conference game uh, in a year or two here. So, um, yeah, you know I think I think Louisville would be another good one to get back on the schedule. Um, you know obviously you could see them in the in the Big Ten ACC challenge, but usually Indiana is is kind of matched up against a Duke or North Carolina, you know Florida State, one of those teams. So you know you might have to work something out with Louisville, um, kind of in a you know like they did a couple of years ago with kind of a home and home and and, and play games that way. Um, yeah, you know it's it's really it's really exciting for for Indiana fans that that you know Woodson and this staff and Scott Dolson seem like they want to get these kind of marquee games back on the schedule in the non conference because it's because it's a lot of fun it, it it makes it a lot more exciting that way you know obviously Indiana Purdue is a is a big game fans look forward to it every year but you know it's going to happen every single season um, so to have some of these games against the Kansas against the Kentucky against you know all these schools, North Carolina, you get a Duke in the AC challenge, you know, you play Louisville, all these kind of matchups are, are huge because, you know, these are the programs that Indiana is wants to be talked about historically and, and, you know, they've kind of been left out recently because they just haven't been successful. But, you know, with with the potential rise of this team and this program, um, you know, it's gonna be a lot of fun having them back in the discussion, having them back kind of grouped in with some of these blue blood teams. So um yeah, I think to go back to your question, Louisville would probably be the next one that fans would really want to see um it was always really good crowds. Those three games that I referred to a couple years ago, um the one in Indianapolis had a lot of really, you know, a lot of fans that were in Indiana, a lot of fans of Louisville, it was a good environment. Um and I remember, you know, the it was Romeu's first year when they were in Assembly Hall. Um that was one of the the better environments that that I've kind of been to um, during, uh, uh, during during my my undergrad tenure at IU. So so yeah, those games uh, can definitely bring it as well.
2: Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, another talking point, I think, for today, and I know we're all hanging on quotes and notes about this team for the upcoming season, but Trey Dimps, a former Northwestern player, so a guy that's been through the rigors of the Big Ten Conference, he was at an IU practice recently. He posted like a little video report from the Assembly Hall floor or in the arena uh, just talking about some of the teams he's seen, specifically Indiana in that clip. And he was as impressed with Indiana's what he called second five as much as he was yeah. the starting lineup. And I think with all the attention on Trace and Race and Jalen hood Shafino and even Xavier Johnson, Miller Cop, I talk about some because I think he's such a uh, key piece if he can get his three-point shot flowing. Uh, but I, I do think we leave off discussion about Indiana's bench. They could be a big part of this thing if it's going to work and be – a really talented big ten championship level season,
3: I think so as well, and you know we remember what you know Woodson did like to do a lot last year is he liked to have you know kind of bring in the five bench guys he would bring in Trey Galloway and Geronimo and Bates and all these guys at the same time, uh, and then you know fans fans weren't too pleased with it because it just meant you know you had such a big difference in play, you want to see some guys play with trace, all that kind of stuff you want to mix and match and and I get all that but You know, with how much talent is on this team, you know, and how Trey Demps put it, you know, they basically have, like you said, two starting five. Their second unit um, has been really competitive and really good. And, you know, even Woodson's alluded to that in um, some of the press conferences when he talked about, you know, how Hood Shafino and Malik Renault and some of these guys would be running the second unit. He said early on in in the summer, you know, they, they couldn't beat the starters. But now they're starting to beat them. They're starting to compete with them, um, which is a really good sign. Because we all know, you know, you got Trace and Race and Xavier, probably Miller Kopp in the starting lineup, as you said, just because he's got that experience. He's a senior. He's got – he can bring shooting to the table. Um, you know, that fifth spot in the starting lineup, not sure who it's going to go to. You know, I would probably pick Tamar Bates because there's a lot of buzz on him. It seems like Woodson's been really impressed with him in the off season. Um, so you know, if you have those five as the starters, and that leaves a lot of guys, really talented guys coming off the bench. And Hood, Shafino, Renault, um, you got you know CJ Gunn and Caleb Banks. If they crack the rotation, you have Logan Duncombe, who's gotten some nice buzz in the offseason. You have Trey Galloway, a really big important piece from last year. Jordan Geronimo, obviously a, a big a big kind of player, and who everyone's interested in to kind of see how his development goes. So there's a lot of guys um, that that we all expect. You know, we 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 could all see in the potential starting lineup that are going to be coming off the bench for this team, um, which is a good thing. And, and I think, you know, they, they could play a huge role um, in, in kind of just helping Indiana this season. You know, when the when the, when the the starters go to the bench or when you need to rest a couple of guys, you're hoping that when guys come in, it's not a drastic drop-off. That's kind of how it felt like a year ago. Um, you know, it, it wasn't to- terrible, but, you know, you definitely felt the difference. You definitely felt the need to get Trace in the game and race back in the game and, and Xavier back in the game as well. But now with these secondary ball handlers... With Fino, you know, I mean, it just feels like Indiana has a lot more options, and um, I think the bench is going to be huge for them this season. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, intru- you know, it was, it was a promising kind of hear what Demp said about how they basically have two starting fives, and you know, I'm sure Woodson won't just go five in five out. Obviously, we're going to see a lot of you know mixed guys playing on the floor together, you know, different combinations here or there. But you know, it's definitely convenient to sort of have five guys that you know you feel like you're comfortable with playing uh, together that aren't necessarily in the starting lineup. You know, it, it's going to be a deep team, I think. Um, and you know you know depth is something that gets talked up a lot in 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 the preseason and the off season, and you know we all kind of can fall victim to it sometimes, and then when you get to the season, you realize there's only like seven or eight guys that can actually play, but this year, I really do feel like there could be ten guys that are really can really contribute on this team um you know it's gonna be interesting and it's gonna you know we're gonna have to wait and see how how the rotation works out and everything, but you know it's just there's just so much talent on this roster um that it just feels like there's actually gonna be you know, a deep, a depth team that, that Woodson can go to. And, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. And it's and and you're right, I think it could be really huge in in kind of any success this year. Obviously, everyone's picking them because Trace is back and Race is back and Xavier and, you know, the five stars, which is Hood, and Renault. But there's a lot of other guys on this team that can be really, really good and really, really useful and really, really helpful. So um, I think those guys are going to be just as key as kind of the big names on this team. Um, and, and I'm excited to kind of see how, the rotation kind of works out and, and kind of how they fit into it and h- how much Woods entrusts all these guys, because I think it could be a really deep team.
2: Yeah, no question. Uh, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. You know, Dylan, reading this little – or listening to this video, watching this video from Dimps one of the things I thought is, you know, you think about some of these guys that he called starters in the Big Ten. They're going to be bench players coming off the bench at Indiana this season with all the yeah. talent. You think about the transfer portal, and I think about a guy specifically like Jordan Geronimo, I think that he has a chance to be just a big-time player by the time he leaves Bloomington, and I know it sounds crazy, but NBA potential could possibly be there with him down the line a bit. You hate to see guys like him stack up on the bench and receive limited minutes because of how loaded Indiana potentially is this season and that transfer portal, that easy exit. I know he's been a player that has toyed with that before, and you always wonder, will he take that route? And he's just an example, but the main one that comes to mind for me when I think about the future and potential and a guy that just seems to have some raw abilities, that coaches can't teach. So uh, the transfer portal adds a whole other element to things, even in the middle of the season, even leading up to a season, when you're talking about a second five and how some of these guys could truly be starters at other Big Ten programs.
3: Well, yeah, I think that's one of the key things is why it could be, you know, when when you have if you have, a, if you have a, such a deep roster and you have a lot of talented guys. You know, it could be a bad thing because, you know, guys can just go in the transfer portal and, and go somewhere else and start if they don't feel like they're getting the minutes they deserve. And, you know, I think Geronimo, you know, two years ago when he kind of flirted with the transfer portal just because the coaching changed, we didn't know what was going to happen, all that kind of stuff. You know, this, this past off season, um, I don't think there was really any question to if he was going to leave or not. I thought he was going to stay no matter what. And then when Race and Trace decided to come back, um, I still think he was just fully committed to, to, to playing here. And, you know, obviously I'm sure he, he was anticipating he'd probably be a starter with those two guys potentially leaving. But when they came back, um, you know, I think that's why he wanted to work on his game and try to become a three, potentially play alongside those guys, potentially be more perimeter-oriented. Um, and, you know, he, he's probably going to come off the bench this season. And you you hope that, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, negatively kind of get in his head that he wants to, to leave because he's not getting the starter minutes. You know, you're hoping that maybe he's thinking, okay, if I play really well this year, I'll be a starter next year, but then you don't know who it is gonna bring in. What if Caleb Banks is really good? What if Renault is, is, is a whole nother year and you got more front court guys kinda of ahead of him. You know, there's all these kind of different circumstances that play into all this stuff. Um, but he is one of those guys that, you know, he fits the mold, like you said, of kind of an NBA prospect. You're you're six you're 6'8". You're really athletic. Um, you can, you know, if you have kind of an outside shot that, that seems like it's there, that's promising. If you can defend kind of every position, play on the wing, you know, defend guys, you know, down low, you're versatile on defense. You know, these are the type of wing players that excites NBA scouts. You know, these are the kind of players that, that get people excited and, you know, having a, having a really athletic, versatile wing with size in the NBA is, is a really key thing nowadays. And Geronimo, you know, kind of fits the bill of some of those players. If he does, you know, develop the way we think he is and he can dribble the ball a little better, if he can shoot a little better, you know, if he can play, you know, more kind of out in the perimeter, you know, he's going to be a potential guy that that could be drafted here or, you know, find his way onto an NBA roster. So, you know, I think it's definitely a fair concern, you know, with Trace and Race back, you know, how much, you know, will, will will he play, you know? But I do think if, if he's kind of, you know, developing and getting as good as we think he is, you know, hopefully it doesn't limit his minutes. And, you know, I think Woodson has always said, you know, when asked about the starting five, he's like, it's not about who starts the game, it's about who finishes the game. And, you know, will Geronimo be in the closing lineup? I'm not sure. But, you know, if, if he is one of those better players on this team, I think Woodson will keep on the court. You know, I think he'll get enough minutes to kind of be – you know, be pleased with it. But I do th- you know, you're right. It's definitely something that could be a concern here. And, you know, if he thinks about it in a year or so, you know, that he wants to move on, you know, we'll never know. We'll never see. But I do think the one thing Woodson has going for him is that, you know, he seems pretty committed to trying to get these guys to the next level. And you've heard guys like Race and, and Trace and even Geronimo, you know, saying how they trust Coach Woodson, they trust him in his ability to kind of develop these guys. And I think, you know, one of the sneaky things here is if is if Trace, his game really starts to kind of mirror what he could do in the NBA and, you know, they get him drafted. You know, that's the whole reason for Geronimo to stay because if, if Woodson can do that with trace in in about a year and a half, um, then I think that would be an, an, kind of an intriguing thing that Geronimo would be like, Hey, if he got Trace there, you know, I'm a little bit smaller. I got a little bit more perimeter game to me he might be able to get me there, too. So, you know, you hope hopefully Woodson kind of has that advantage with with him, you know, saying he knows what it takes to get guys to the next level. So you hope that it helps out. And I do think Geronimo enjoys being here. I think he loves playing for Indiana. You know, the fans love him. He's kind of one of the fan favorites here. So, you know, but, but you know, he's going to be one of the most intriguing players to watch this season because, you know, after last year ended, immediately everyone's like, man, Geronimo next year, he's going to be one of the big players on this team. And then, you know, all these other guys came back, some talented recruits came in. And now you're kind of wondering, okay, where does Geronimo fit in, in the in the in the starting five or in you know kind of in the rotation here? So you know, it's going to be interesting to watch. But I think if he's really good, he'll he'll definitely get enough minutes uh, to keep him happy around here.
2: Yep. Talking with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the the Seymour Tribune, and uh, Dylan of course joins us Fridays. We talk IU basketball and football. We'll get to football here in just a moment. But in between the two sports, you know, sectional football begins tonight. And uh, that's always an exciting time in our state, kind of a a reboot of the football season for those that are hoping to win one. They've got, oh, three or four weeks ahead of them of tough football. For those that maybe have had a disappointing regular season or close to the regular season, the chance for a fresh season starts tonight. Uh, Weather should be decent tonight for this time of year and excited to see some of our local teams uh, get underway. In fact, we'll have Providence and Springs Valley uh, on ninety four point seven, that's our Southern Indiana football game tonight. Again on ninety four point seven, WFIA, one of our sister stations. Where will you be tonight, Dylan?
3: I'll be in Brown County. Um, Brownstown Central is is playing there um, in their new sectional. They dropped down to two A this year, so they're playing Brown County. Uh, Brown County hasn't won a game yet. They're zero nine. Brownstown's coming off a a pretty disappointing loss last week to Scottsburg, um, but you know like you said if you, you don't have the regular season you wanted you know now's the time where you just kind of throw everything out you know it's it's a whole new season here you you're not guaranteed the next game so you got to leave everything out there and then try to keep moving on and you know tournament time is, is crazy in all sports anything can happen so um, you know I, I'll I'll be over there in Brown County so it'll it'll be it'll be nice you know you'll be nice and close to Bloomington so that that'll be cool but yeah I think the weather will be good I think it's a little bit warmer today than maybe it has been the last couple of days so so that'll be really nice for sure and I'm excited to get things rolling here. I'm, I'm I'm it's unfortunate Seymour's not in the same sectional as, you know, New Albany and, and, and those schools now. They they all kind of move sectionals uh, this past year. So it's a little could be a little bit different this season. It's gonna look a little different in the postseason.
2: Yeah, no question about it. And I'm glad you brought that up. The postseason at one point for us locally we had and we still do have New Albany and Floyd Central in the same sectional, but it was for a while a lot like the basketball sectional, all Hoosier Hills Conference, Jeff yeah. New Albany, Floyd add in Seymour Bedford, it was kind of a, a really fun rematch of conference games, but that just isn't the case with the,
3: how things are stretched out in football. and you know, you it's, it's kind of nice to, to see those teams again in the sectional because, you know, you've seen them all at least once in the regular season. You kind of know what to expect. You know, you could, if you lose the one team in a close game, you could be like, hey, you know, let's it's a revenge game. You're a little bit more motivated. You know, there's all these different circumstances playing teams you're familiar with. As opposed to now, you know, for example, you know, Seymour's playing, you know, Columbus East is still in their sectional, so obviously they know about them. They played Bloomington South last week, so they they played a game against them and then Bloomington North, the other team. But, you know, the two Bloomington schools are teams you don't necessarily see um, unless you kind of add them onto your schedule. So it's just a little bit different look, a little bit different feel. Um, Than opposed to like last year, for example, you know Seymour and New Albany played in the in the sectional championship, and you know for us going into it, we would already seen the game. We know we kind of know what both teams are like, and you know it was a really good get, really good fun, exciting game. So yeah, it's just a little different now, and uh, you know it's kind of all the that are kind of being realigned in a, in a number of different sports. You know with how many schools drop down at different classes or move up or however whatever the cases may be, you know things just got all got shifted a little bit. So. Yeah, it's going to look different, especially, you know, even the Brownstown one tonight. It's a whole different kind of group of eight teams here in the sectional than, than we were used to last year. So it all looks different, but, uh, you know, hopefully it's for better or for worse, and hopefully, you know, whatever, whatever you're put in, the teams can make the most of their, their kind of uh, draw here and, and do as well as they can.
2: All right, real quick, IU Rutgers football tomorrow. DJ uh, Matthews may be back, it sounds like, which is good news for Indiana. Can the Hoosiers actually get a win on Saturday?
3: I don't know. I I think I think they can. Um, I just don't know if they will. You know, Rutgers uh, they haven't won a game at home yet this season, so you know they, they're going to be really amped up for that. Um, they're going to be wanting to get a win at home. Now, they've been kind of frisky this year, um, but yeah, it, it's. I mean, if if Indiana loses this game, the hope of a bowl game is is essentially out the window. You know, it it almost already is. It's kind of like hanging on the ledge, holding on to the window still right now, but. You know, if if they don't if they don't win this game, you know it's going to be completely gone. Um, so this is a must win for them to get a win here, get back to four and four. Um, and then you know from there you got you know Michigan State and Purdue, two other teams. You know I you asked me last week if fans should still be hopeful, and I kind of listed Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State, Purdue. You know there's still a chance three out of those four games. Well you lost one of them when you probably should have won it, and now you got you know three kind of must wins left on the schedule because. Odds are you're not beating Ohio State and you're not beating Penn State. So, um, you know, we'll see how it ha- we'll see what happens. I think, you know, if you get a win here, there was some really nice momentum going into the bye. Um, so I think they can. Don't know if they will. Rutgers has kind of struggled, but um, it'll be interesting for sure. I, I think, you know, Indiana really needs this game badly. And they should be able to beat a team like Rutgers, even though it is a road game. Um, I think they, 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 they're talented enough to get a win here, so hopefully they can pull it out.
2: The sports editor, Seymour Tribune, he joins us on Friday's Dylan, have a great weekend. We'll talk with you next week.
3: Sounds good. Thank you.
2: All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Our Friday program will continue here in just a few minutes with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We'll get into recruiting, a little more high school football, and wrap up the week after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here. Final segment of this program and of the week. Glad to have you with us as we talk complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star always joins us in this segment. We talk high school sports, recruiting, and tons of stuff with Kyle when he joins us. And Kyle, today tonight is the opening night of state tournament football play, and just something different about uh, sectional play, tournament elimination play, and after all the other fall sports, it seems are moving on in their respective tournaments. Now it's football's time to take center stage here on this Friday
0: night. Thank you, guys.
1: So yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's always a fun uh, time of year, and uh, the uh, 4A down to to 1A gets going tonight. So, uh, you know, it's a week off for the 6A and 5A schools, but you know, it should be a. Should be a great night of football, you know. Weather-wise, it, it couldn't be any better uh, than than what we have today. Can't, so, looking forward to that so much. But, uh, but yeah, it's kind of the chance for the the smaller schools to to take center stage, and we've got some some good matchups. I think, for the most part, though, Matt looks to me like you know there's a handful of you know what you would say would be uh, you know games that could decide the sectional right away. But the large majority of them are. You know, pretty spread out. I you have you know have a lot of matchups that'll be the best teams playing each other uh, later in the sectional, the championship game in a lot of cases. So, you know, that's good, I think. And uh, you know, but there are some there are some big ones tonight. And and uh, you know, like I said, should be should be an awesome night weather wise. Looking forward to that. And and uh, yeah, there's a different uh, vibe when you know it's winter, go home. There's always you know you have maybe guys who don't. Play both sides, or, or you know, they do. They dabble in it. They may, you know, this is the time of year where you're going to see, you know, coaches hold nothing back, and you're gonna, you're gonna have guys play, maybe playing both ways. or playing, you know, different, uh, uh, roles that may be a little bit expanded. You know, things like that. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the the nature of it. We'll find out there'll be some surprises tonight. I'm sure. All
2: right, uh, Kyle Ned, the Indianapolis Star, high school football. The topic, Kyle. You mentioned some of the big school divisions are off tonight because of bye weeks for the divisions that do begin state play tonight. I know we focus here in Clark and Floyd counties and Southern Indiana football. Cal, are you still there?
1: Oh, sorry, Matt, you're cutting out there. I caught the only the beginning of what you said there.
2: I said, can you take us through the divisions that are starting tonight, maybe some of the favorites to win state championships in your estimation?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll be seeing one of them tonight. Uh, New Palace, New Pal is uh, number one in 4A, and uh, you know they have not trailed in a game this year. Uh, and it's been, I think, it's 145 to nothing in the first quarter of their games <laughs> so far. So, you know, I'm going to see them play Mount Vernon, which Mount Vernon is the defending state champs in 4A. But uh, New Pal coming back down from five, where they've been in 5A for several years uh, via the success factor or turn the success factor. So, you know, they're back in their enrollment class now, and they've got a really good team that could probably compete with most 6A teams, I would say. Uh, you know, with, they beat Westfield earlier this season, which is one of the better 6A teams. So, you know, very, very good team. You know, Kyle Ralph's done a phenomenal job there, uh, as we know, over the last decade at New Powell. So, you know, they're a juggernaut. I think there's pretty clearly they're the favorite, although Ron Colley, who they could see in the regional, I think may – have some uh, something for them, and you know, and if they do meet up, and I think they probably will. Uh, you know, three A is a little bit more. Three A is a little bit more like five A, where it's a little bit more wide open. I think you could say uh, Chittard, um, you know, is probably the favorite. I would think, and they they're another team that's uh, come back down. They were only in four A for a year because uh, of the COVID uh, thing, kind of you know changed a little bit of the uh, you know what do you the reclass uh things as we know and so they were only up in four A for a year came back down and they're not you know they're they're five and four but they're they're not what their record says you know they're a better team than that play a great schedule i would probably slightly favor them I, although i think there's a lot of teams around here in 3a that are pretty good like try west um you know western boone is very good uh, gibson southern down the, the down towards evansville they are very good again uh, even though they don't have brady allen this year who won mr football they're they're uh I think, a team to contend with uh, in that class. So, you know, that there's a handful in 3A, I think. Uh, and then 2A is kind of the same way where, you know, you've got teams around here like Cecina and Triton Central uh, who are really good. You know, Evansville Modern Day is another team that always plays a great schedule. And then the defending champs, uh, North Andrean uh, with Drake Bowen back from Notre Dame. And he is, you know, maybe you could argue he's the frontrunner for Mr. Football. Uh, but they have a team, LaVille, in their sectional who's really good and they're undefeated. So those teams could meet up. Uh, I think that game would be next week. So you know, two A again, a little bit more. Uh, I would I would call it a little bit more uh, balanced. And then one A is is probably uh, Lutheran. You know, their Indianapolis Lutheran is a juggernaut. They were undefeated last year and uh, you know won their first state championship. They're probably just as good this year, uh, and they have. Uh, Adam Central is on the north side, and those teams played a really good state championship game. If you remember last year, it was thirty-four to twenty-eight on uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and one of the better games of the weekend. And those teams could meet again uh, on Thanksgiving weekend, so that's something to look forward to potentially in one A. Uh, again, that's several weeks down the line, and you know who knows, but uh, but I think that you know could be sort of a anticipated rematch if those teams meet up again.
2: Yeah, no question. Kyle Medden rip the Indianapolis star. You know, Southern Indiana here in our area, I think has a great reputation across the state for high school sports and for talented teams, great coaches, good athletes. Basketball, I think is obvious. Baseball, volleyball, also good. There are other sports that seem to be perennial, uh, have teams that make a run to state championships as well. Is football baby, the weak point, at least in recent years, for southern indiana is that the one where you sitting in indianapolis covering that area specifically but also keeping an eye on all corners of the state is football maybe the sport where we don't have the teams come out as regular or the talent as regular maybe as other parts of the state
1: i mean it certainly feels that way matt to be honest with you uh you know in basketball like you said it's totally different uh, There's a lot of sports that are totally different you know in baseball like you mentioned volleyball it's there's a lot of sports where Southern Indiana more than holds its weight, but I, I definitely do feel that in in, uh, in football, and I think you you mention it sometimes too. It's like you guys are out of teams, uh, but if you count, you know, Evansville area is, is traditionally strong in football. So I guess it kind of depends what part of Southern Indiana you're talking about. Those that area has produced some state champions. Obviously, you know, Wrights and Modern Day, and you know, there's uh, Evansville Central has has made it up here in 4A, um, you know, Gibson Southern, you know, we talked about they were a complete uh, powerhouse last year and again this year. Uh, So that pocket of the state in southwest Indiana has had some, you know, Heritage Hills and Southridge have had good teams. So that kind of depends what, but also, too, it's I think it's probably a longer conversation than we have time for, but, you know, there's just not as many big schools down there either. Uh, So, you know, that's probably not fair to, you know, we have all the, you know, pretty much the, We have all the six A programs for the large majority uh, in Central Indiana, so you know it's just different. You know, it's it's there's definitely a power surge in Central Indiana and the big schools in football, but it's partly because they're just the dominant uh, number of schools is also here. So uh, I have to keep that in mind as well. But yeah, I I would I would uh, I would sense you know what you say is probably an accurate assessment of at least the perception of, of football.
2: Kyle Rip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle with us Fridays here on the program. Have a great weekend. Football and basketball coming up very soon with you, I'm sure the next time that we
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Have
2: a, have a great weekend. Things up for this Friday edition of the program. Thank you so much for being with us. If you miss our live show, don't forget you can always catch us as a podcast. I'll be back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.